How do I sound? I sound sexy. You sound very. You sound like. Oh, oh yeah. Sounds like for like something for what do you call it? For, ASMR. Um, for like NPR or something. <laughs> it's like this is. We're now going to be talking Where about the bee I take, mi- like the bee migrations of the Spanish Spanish honeybee. It's I like, take what is that? Unnecessarily long, long breaks between, between every two or three words. <laughs> now, James. What do you think of the bee migration from Spain to Northern Africa? Rather, from Northern Africa to Spain. Well, let me tell you, it's it's really crazy how if you just take a few pauses between each few words, like people like start holding on. To, and like, suddenly you sound intellectual. You sound really intellectual. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of people who would like otherwise, who, who actually like are pretty like dumb, but like they know that if they do that, people will... Like, listen, you, I, I think it's part of just sounding like an expert in a field that you're not an expert in. Yeah. Just I feel like, like, I feel like I like the people who do this kind of thing are usually like really people who really aren't that like smart, but they're they radio know people, they're radio people. So yeah. they know, they know how to speak on the radio and keep the, the, the end user. End Cause user I'm just like, why do I listen to that? this guy? I'm like, why, <laughs> why do I listen to this guy? Like he, he has, he's not chair. really necessarily an authority, but. For some reason, but I just want to He sounds comforting, and I feel like I should listen more to him. I feel like I should just stop what I'm doing. So you're actually going to miss out on this rave mm. Friday, which kind of sucks. Oh, my God. So, so wait, tell me about this rave. Like, wait, can I, like, I, can I buy tickets? we mentioned it a few times. Can on I the... buy, like, tickets at the door? Well, the last time I, no. Last time what? I checked, it was sold out. And I'm sure there were scalpers. But when I was looking last time, it had like like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna one scalp. ticket was two hundred plus bucks for like Shrek rave tickets. Like I wouldn't. I'm, I'm not I wouldn't in even, the cold. I would. I don't think it's gonna be cold. Like, but I, I think it's gonna be like tonight. I mean, but you're a, no tonight's cold. Tonight's cold for me. I mean, I'm yeah. a very I'm a very skinny like individual. <laughs> I'm really skinny. It's like yeah, I'm as healthy. opposed to like me. doctors like say I'm technically healthy, but they're like you're skinny. So it's funny you say that because actually a, a stupid argument came up on Reddit today on the Italian Reddit, and they you were follow talking Italian about Reddit. Oh, of course I do. I have to follow the news back at home. Oh, um, so it's for it's not just like Italian things. It's just like Italian news. It's, it's like it's, Italian news. It's well, not it's just the, like I'm Italian. Let's do Reddit stuff. It's the it's the Reddit group for Italy. Are Italia for those who are so, but for the country, it's not just like I'm Italian. Let's talk about being yeah, Italian. yeah. So most of Reddit obviously is oriented around the United States. Yeah, but there's our China, our Italy, our Italia. Our it's just France. considering like news of the country. It's of yeah, it's focused to the country. I mean, there okay. is news, but they talk about whatever. So, for example, the, the the thread I was talking about was about American health news that came out recently that said like over seventy three percent of the United States population is obese i think i feel like it's always been like that i feel like, like it's, it's like no it's I, no, no i mean like over the past for the past like 40 like 40 years yeah no the united states has been yeah. one of the fattest countries in the world for the past 40 50 years and the reason is because as a country we won and now our people are fat instead They're, of being we're skinny kind of, we're kind of uh, so we won with. that evolution and we don't longer die for lack we of like food. hit the peak and then we just started like 
all right, this is it. We well, we're dying for overconsumption as opposed to underconsumption. So yeah. we we succeeded. It's like we can't. That. It's like we can't win. It's like it's like no. if we don't eat enough. It's like at first we were dying of starvation, but then like now it's like we're just dying of well, eating too much. It, and the Reddit that I was reading, like some of the comments were kind of poignant. The the problem, one of the problems poignant. with this, yeah, poignant. One of the problems with it was that the healthy food is very expensive in the United States, whereas cheap food and like food that's bad for you mcdonald's and whatnot is very cheap because so it's not like that in italy no it's similar in every industrialized nation like the big chains that make cheap food potatoes beef sugar is yeah. cheap to make so but it's huge in calorie count and poor nutritional value well i know that but it's like in italy in italy they do not I don't know. I was trying to do that thing, but no, I was going to ask you if like in Italy, all the foods, all the foods like normal, it's like normal. It's not like us food. Like all the us food is processed. Yeah. But we have a very different culture. Our, so it's like, we, they don't need to have whole foods because their food is already natural. But like here you go to Walmart, you're going to get all of these processed, like even the apples and the grapes are all processed and they even don't, they're giant, but they don't taste good. Like that's yeah. one thing I experienced. That's one thing I experienced when I went abroad. That's kind of common everywhere. I feel like that's just farming it's, and industrialization of farming. So like people, I think we focused food, farming on volume and weight I and looks, the, not on nutritional value. So what happened is we sacrificed nutritional value to have a fatter apple, but the apple doesn't have any taste. It, right, and the taste comes from the vitamins and the minerals and all that good stuff. Yeah. So when like these whole foods taste really good, it's because usually they're really rich in nutritional value. And when they taste like nothing, it's because they're poor in that nutritional value. But when you're at the store, you can't just grab an apple and bite it. You have to weigh it and you pay based on the weight. So well, I guess supermarkets, you could, it, yeah. you could bite into it, I suppose. Yeah, then, but then it, you have to pay for it. And then you would argue, well, you ate a part of the apple. So how do we really count the weight of the apple that you ate? Oh, so that's it's true. not, that's so true. it's like, it's not yeah. feasible. Right. So, but yeah. the, the, the main issue there was basically education on the food and the lack of, uh, healthy food of being available, readily available to the general population. The fact that our poor are growing in terms of population, there's a bigger disparity in rich and poor in the United States now than there was like 30 years ago. Yeah. But my main comment about this study, which indicated that 73% of the United States is obese, is that the way they do this is by looking at the BMI which is probably what the doctors look at when they look at you and say, well, you are very skinny, but you're healthy. Well, because the BMI is saying that you're healthy. Body the BMI, yeah. guess, like BMI is basically saying healthy, overweight, obese, morbidly obese. And for everyone who doesn't know what that is, it's like body mass index, the right? Body mass Related index. to how much you weigh versus how tall you are. Exactly, which yeah. is a terrible way to count your fat continent in your body. Yeah. Because you might be jacked full of muscles, which weighs is more muscles more dense than fat so it yeah. weighs more and suddenly you are obese even though you're fit well uh, yes and no though yes if, in if the you BMI. have if you if you have if you have like if all of your weight is muscles like that's a good thing like no matter how obviously much you weigh. it's a good thing but if you yeah. look at but the statistics of the study don't calculate your body mass based on fat and muscle they just yeah. calculate your body mass just overall body overall mass. So, for example, I fall in the obese category. Yeah. So in that study, I am one of the obese people, even though okay. my fat percentage is 15%, which is definitely healthy fat percentage of the body weight. Yeah. I just weigh 240 pounds and I'm six foot one. Yeah. 
So I oh I'm six foot. I'm like I'm like six. You're you're point five. You're as tall. You're as tall as me. A little bit taller, but you weigh a lot less. I weigh a lot less. But if you look at us, you one would say, well, you both look pretty good. Like you're both pretty healthy yeah. people. But you're, I'm obese. You're obese. I'm obese according to the BMI. I think, I think that's a little. I think that's a little. That's a little much calling you obese. It doesn't. The BMI is a calculated measure. It no, doesn't the, care. There are there are just levels. There are levels of obese. I feel like. Like when I I'm think not obese, obese, man. When I think of <laughs> obese, man, I, you, yeah, we all have an image, and it's the correct image. Yeah. It's someone who's very, very fat and round and blah, very you know, round. It's all like this shape. Kinda, when I think of obese, I think of a shape, right? And all yeah. these things. And I am not round, yeah. But if you look at the BMI, I'm obese. So when they did that study and they pulled, you know, a patient number one two three four which happens to be me yeah it comes up obese so i'm falling the obese category so that study is saying oh there's 70 percent of americans are obese well i'm part of it am i really yeah. obese no no it's just this study says i am and so when it's published everyone's like oh america's fat well a lot of america's fat yeah most of america's fat and it's not a good thing no, I don't even but, think I don't even think most of America's like you. Like uh, like talking about like your type of obese. If you consider yourself obese, like I don't think like, I don't consider myself obese. The BMI does. Yeah, but we're saying that America's fat according to the BMI, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's just, what the study used. That's what the study used as a unit of measurement to cal- to to find a solution like how many Americans are BMI. Well, are are obese. Well, according to the BMI, 70% of Americans who went to a clinic and got tested yeah. are obese. Okay. But the BMI is a faulty measure because it only measures weight to height ratio. It's not a specific ratio, but it's a it's a type of ratio, and it's a wrong ratio because it doesn't take in account fat body percentage yeah. and muscle percentage and all these other factors that are important to consider when calling someone obese. Because when I step on the scale at the doctor's office, it'll always calculate the BMI for you. Oh, yeah, and the yeah, and the, the BMI will be like, well, you know, the scale will throw flags. Saying, "Oh, this guy is obese," you know, you know, to the doctor, so the doctor can make a judgment on that. And the doctor looks at me and says, "Well, that's clearly wrong," and then cancels that out and writes something else because it's never correct because I weigh so much compared to my height. But if you look at me, I'm not obese. You're not, yeah, like not that bad. Like you, you're, you're not that you're, bad. You're, 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 you're like if I was a doctor, <laughs> if I was like a doctor, I'd write something on the like on the report. I'd be like, "He's salvageable." Like salvageable. He, yeah, salvageable. You still make it like, like you can, <laughs> the listeners can't you, see me. They're not the, like, you're not a total wreck. Like you're not, a, you're not a total hopeless cause buddy. I'd be like a terrible motivational speaker. If I was yeah, you would be because really I'm not obese. Be. <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're not. That's what I would say to my patient. I'd be like, you're not obese. You're salvageable, man. Yeah, okay. Like, you just do, do some crunches and do some like hit the treadmill. You'll be fine. So Jordan is late. Jordan, yeah, Jordan is late. He, That's why you, well, we all, you don't, we all, you don't we all, hear. we all have jobs. Like we all do. We all he also do, works far away. We all, where, where does he work again? Like for like forty minutes east of here. Oh, okay. On a good day. Yeah, because we all have, we all, have, we all do like writing stuff or, or reading slash writing stuff in our free time. But uh, we all, uh, unfortunately, for good or bad, have other jobs that we can't, that we can't exactly leave behind. Speaking, Although I'm trying. Speaking of jobs, uh, you've been doing actually a lot of writing, but you've been writing resumes. Is that what you mean? <laughs> I mean, define writing in a resume, but yeah, yeah, I, I've I've reworked a couple of my resumes. I'm looking for something else. Um, this yeah. job is very cool. The team is very 
you know, a great team to work with. Everyone helps each other out, but I just can't do this rhythm of work anymore. I need something that's a little bit more laid back and just a normal 40 hour a week, regular engineering, a regular job. nine to five, man. Yeah. I'm looking for a regular nine to five. Cause I mean, I, the reality of me stop working is just not going to happen. I'm going to have to work for the rest of my life realistically. And well, like anyone, way. anyone in our generation. And I, but while working doesn't bother me at all, working at this particular startup is just eating up my time. I mean, in this past month, which is December 1st today, so yeah. this past month was November, I had, I think, two days off in which I didn't work at all. Every other day, including weekends, I worked. The only days I had off were one Thanksgiving and then one Saturday the week before. And that was a pretty big holiday, the the Thanksgiving. Like it, like it took like a pretty big holiday for you to like. It was a busy day. That. Yeah, it was a busy day. I made fresh ravioli, fresh pumpkin ravioli. Yeah, and uh, me and my sister were hosting for the first time. Okay. Uh, we were hosting her mother-in-law i guess her mother-in-law yeah her she recently married so mother-in-law now okay so overall pretty fun thanksgiving though at least you got thanksgiving off it but was yeah. good thanksgiving i enjoyed it but um if they're not giving you if they're not giving you days off you should probably well it's that. it's a startup it's you know there's no expectation of you working more or less than what you have to you just need to get the job done they don't care how many hours you work fundamentally if i could get yeah. my job done in five hours a week they'd be happy with that but it the amount of load is so big that it requires 60 to 70 hours. I mean, I'm programming and I'm doing quality analysis and I'm doing design, engineering design, engineering review, compliance. Yeah. Like, and then I maintain all these, all these street lights and there's 3,500 of them. That's a lot of, takes a lot of time. Yeah. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. There's a lot of data, just basic mind numbing data input and data, uh, uh, you know, basic data input and data ana and not analysis because the analysis takes no time at all. But what about a doing job that like lets you be more creative? You know, like that lets like lets you like fuel your creativity. You know, that hard. can like bleed out to like other parts of your life. You know, <sighs> that a job that was like I I have a job that I I think it's well it's it kind of forced me to be creative because you, you have to like find new ways of like solving tasks and I think that sort of bleeds into other parts of my life, especially my writing. Oh, someone just walked in. Look who it someone is. Someone just walked in. Look. Pink shirt man with Look what crabs. Dragged in. Is it? Look, we, oh, come on. No, it's that's rose. A, it's rose that's color. A, there's white in there. It's not only oh, red. It's faded. rose. Jordan. It Jordan. Faded. Jordan. Oh, Jordan oh walked in with a, pink a shirt. rose shirt. I stand corrected. This is definitely a rose, more pink a, than it was. A sunset red shirt. The last like a, time I Like wore. a sunset red shirt, maybe, with like little tiny white crabs on it. I, it, it looks like it's, crabs. It's, I want to say it's like weird when I describe it. The more I look at it. It sounds weird when I describe it, but it, it like it's cool. It's a cool shirt. I don't know. They're just vague shapes, actually. They're not. Oh, it's not. not I took your word for it that it was crabs. I, I, it's I not also crabs. thought Dubs? my eyesight is bad. Smudges. Little smudges. Smudges. Yeah. Scratches. Okay. Well, uh, a rose, a sunset rose shirt with little white. Smudges. All right. This exciting great. commentary about yeah. a shirt. Yeah, exactly. But thanks for. Uh, hey, Jordan. Hi. Yeah. How's it going? It's, it's okay. Yeah. So how is your, uh, how's work been going, man? Like. Uh, 
amazing didn't you start a new job recently no not, not yet. yet not yet <laughs> started, okay, yeah. okay 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 do but yeah okay well, same here same here cool. yeah we're all we're all job hunting nice. yeah i uh, think well then we can get started uh yeah. my name is james my name is Jordan. And I'm Georgia. And this is the Jojo Geo podcast where we talk about writing. This is for amateur writers by amateur writers. And let's get started. Uh, Jordan, I know you've been, uh, I've been following some of your stuff. You put out another, another piece of work about maybe two weeks ago. I think yeah, it was two weeks ago. Yeah, um, Thanksgiving caught me w- with my pants down. I had no backup buffer, so... I, I, but the week so before did, that, you did a new one though. You did a um, new one. Like you were kind of like forced to come up with something. If that makes any sense. Uh, f- yeah. This last one, which was the uh, drop, I believe, is that what you're referring to? Like the drop. Yes. Yeah. That was um. That was something that I actually came up with quite recently. Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. And uh, how did that? How have you been having success with getting a lot of like followers and like sort of like getting your stuff out there or? I think that's like one sort of like thing we could like touch on. I think like today, like getting, getting like, I don't want to concentrate on the wrong thing because you really want to concentrate on the content of the writing really. And I feel like everything else comes later, but I think we can touch on it really quickly. Like getting your stuff out there. Like how, how many hits is your, is your yeah. blog hitting? Do you have any SEOs or numbers like that? I get an email through my platform that I use, which is uh, Substack. Every time I post a day later, it'll be like, this is your um, views. It's between 10 and 15 on average. Actually um, not bad though for just like just starting. Yeah. And this is one of those things where it's uh, do as I say, not as I do. I've haven't marketing myself at all. I've yeah. been spreading this with friends and family because it is for me in an experimental phase. Yeah. Um, as I get a little more serious about it as I go along, I probably will start, I don't know, maybe leaving little cards here and there. I mean, yeah. I have the network. I'm just not using it. And that is bad writers should be utilized that's probably the hardest part uh, of most writers on the pipeline from writing to getting published yeah it's at least the most underestimated step people think oh once i write it it will be easy or well some people assume it won't be so hard to get the story out there if it's good but you can have the best story in the world and unfortunately in this day and age people will be like okay i'll get around to reading it and then they put it in the bottom of their like book stack and under their podcast. It's like when someone gives you like a business TV card. Episodes. It's like when someone gives you a business card and you're just like, ah, oh, thanks for the business card. Yes. Yeah. There's so much content also now on the internet. So everything's so readily available that it's difficult to <laughs> explore something new and dedicate yourself to something new and giving it actually a chance and all that. It is very hard. But yeah. it does require people to see it at all in the first place which is where the marketing comment will come in you do need to do seos you know search engine optimization type stuff and try and put words in that make your google searches more palatable to the algorithm and all that and so i tried to get up there something yes. that we're probably gonna have to face once we actually deploy, deploy the podcast yeah we actually <laughs> but what we're doing right now basically is we're essentially creating like a buffer which i think could be like good advice to like anyone who's like trying to like do like anything related to writing and releasing things like out to the public it's like if you create a buffer you don't need to sort of oh i gotta come up with something every single week and uh you have all this stress but yeah i think we'll have like a buffer of at least like five not ten something like that there is something in the algorithm that begs for 
constant uploads at a rate that is predictable to the algorithm so the algorithm likes it when you're like consistent with your uploads and you actually have something the moment you upload a bunch and then stop it doesn't like that as much so it's it's yeah james to your point it is it is a good idea to have a buffer so that you can have scheduled uploads and it gives your chance it gives you a chance to write something new every time and have some time to write something newer i'm kind of losing my words but um, it also is beneficial to the algorithm overall and it helps you uh, be found more easily. Yeah, and it's easier on you. Like if you can like have, for example, if you're releasing something live every week, but you have like 10 or 20 episodes or pieces of work, whatever it is, like um, stories, that kind of thing, then you don't need to put so much, I don't know, like pressure on yourself. Yeah. I feel like that's stressful. Only a fool plans for nothing to go wrong. You yeah. always want to assume that there will be a week when you're just not able to show up. You're going to get sick. Maybe someone that's close to you will need you yeah. for something. Um, God forbid something bad happened and you're out for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. It's just, it's unrealistic to assume that, yeah, I'll be able to make something every week for a year straight with no hiccups. That's yeah. Even workplaces give you sick time. <laughs> and the fact that they have to account for that is probably a clue that you need to give yourself at least as much sick time, if not more throughout Mm -hmm. the year. So this is like, this is like the idea of like making like a season of something where it's like a season is like made when you have like maybe 10 or 20 like backups, whether it's like a podcast, a show or like writing material. That's kind of the actually, idea. I really like that idea. That's the a analogy. season format, a season format, basically. I do think of that's whether good. it's 10, 20, whatever. And so you're not like, you're not like a, I don't know, like a crazy chicken with its head off, like every single week, like, oh my God, like, how am I going to release this thing? It's like, everything's ready mm-hmm. basically. So that's like, I don't know. I think it's like a good thing to have. That's, it's like, if anyone's ever trying to start like their own stuff, whether it's like podcast or writing project, it's like, that's like a good thing to do. Like have stuff backed up. That's almost that a better sense. plan than like what I, I was just going to keep going until my buffer ran out from when I came to my blog. Yeah. But now I do wish I had just given myself a, I don't know, like nine months out of the year and then give, I, I am doing that currently at the end of yeah. the year. I'm like, okay guys, I need a hiatus to get some new content and a new buffer going. See you again, probably in late spring. Um, but it's better to just say, this is my strong opening to my strong end. This is the strong content I have for this period. And then I'm going to take some time give you a break you can enjoy other things and i'm going to work on making better good content for the next season i I like that idea so i have a question so basically for your for a lot of your first quote-unquote season like your Mm -hmm. first like buffer like all of your stuff was a lot of your stuff was from college right yes so okay now all the stuff from college is out of the way like what's some like examples of you finding creativity to sort of like write more information and this is how I have found myself at the end of the year actually having to... I, I did miss one week because yeah. I did... My production of poems was a lot slower this year because I didn't take as many... I didn't have as much free time to just sit around and write. Um, catching I up with anyone school. who has that, by the way. Just yeah. like sitting around and just like... You got to make the time and it is really a matter of priorities. Yeah. It's... Writing has to be a priority for you. Um, There might be phases of your life when that's not as much, or it is, and you got to fight for it despite other things coming into your life. I've been losing that fight (laughs) recently. I I lost that fight months ago. Not losing, just struggling with that fight. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a constant fight. I think it's like also like a constant battle. I don't know. Because I do the same thing. I don't know if it means I'm lazy or if I have ADHD. 
I don't know. Maybe but a little bit of both. Maybe a little maybe. both. Maybe a little both. I kind of, I kind of think I mess around with both. What, what I used to do in my writing phase for this year, when I would find myself writing, was whenever I would take time to go to my favorite coffee shop, which I will not name. Yeah, and because it's my sanctuary until they pay us. And for, uh, yeah, I would sit down and I would spend a good five hours just getting myself situated and i would just observe people and then just kind of think about what reflect oh, on life hours. or reflect on what was going five on hours yeah that's a long time it's you can get a lot done in five hours yeah. just like i get chilling. a lot done in five just, hours you gotta sell yourself on the idea that you have to sit in one place and then you're gonna work on a couple of projects like i have to rotate things i get a little bit bored i have to admit so i do a bit of school get back to the writing you know bathroom break back to the writing and just but focusing on i want to get at least one like a one hour done. bathroom break <laughs> no it's like i'm just gonna chill Intense. on the toilet and yeah. just like Intense. just think take about things yeah take your notebook in the bathroom what the is coffee it, shop what is knows. what is a toilet yeah when well, you write a poem well, on that. it's a throne right it's a, a passageway it's, it's a throne of meditation man Come porcelain on. throne yeah it's a way to re- move on your regrets and your accomplishments all at once now what about you jordan what what have you uh, not jordan i mean giorgio what have you been sort of like been able to work on i know you've been busy man but i thought i'd at least like touch on some of the maybe if you've run into any instances and you're able to be creative but i'm trying to think jobs are busy i'm trying to think of something oh well uh i've recently one of my creative tasks that i've been i picked up was finding a costume or building a costume for, oh, uh, for Shrek Rave? For Shrek Rave. No, By the way, yes. Shrek Rave, in case like you guys don't know what Shrek Rave is. I feel like is. we spoke about it for a few just, times on this it's podcast. Just, it's just a rave of Shrek? Like, what, what is it? It's, 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 it's uh, this one, I think we talked about it on the last podcast, actually. Yes, I remember it, hearing yeah. it in the recording. This oh, one okay. guy made a party, and he, caught, he wanted it to be Shrek-themed, and then it caught fire. People loved it over in California, and it kind of spread across the country. And this is the first time that it's on the West, not West Coast, well, on the West Coast of Florida, yeah. um, in Tampa. And so me and Jordan got tickets, and we decided to go as the three blind mice. That's only two blind mice. Yeah, we had a hiccup with that, but that's fine. We're just going to be like... Someone says, where's the third blind mice? Just say, third, haven't third, seen him. The third, <laughs> seen him. <laughs> the third blind mice bought his ticket late or tried to wait. Yeah. And that ship sailed, basically. We haven't seen a third blind mice. Mouse? The third, bl- the third blind mouse. Short interjection. I love that Tampa, Florida is this zany place where I used to go to this pizza place that was called, I think, West West Shore Shore Pizza. Pizza. It still exists. Well, yeah, but this particular chain restaurant shut down. What opened in its place was East Coast Pizza. In the same exact building, you had West Shore and then East Coast. (laughs) (laughs) And both of them technically apply. Yeah, correct. And did the pizza taste the same? No. 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 (laughs) No. I want to say, I'm trying to think. I miss, I think, the West Shore Pizza. Mm. They also knew me there, so they were giving me, like, better prices and stuff. Yeah. I do enjoy it. Be a regular somewhere if you can. Highly recommend it, especially if you're a writer, because then you know that they're not going to bother you. And eh, sometimes you get free coffee or something. Like, I'm a regular here. Like yeah, I'm a you are. At this, I feel like we all are now, but, but you're definitely you're mm-hmm. definitely more than yeah. us. Yeah, just, James knows a lot about being a regular place. I, I love, no, this place is my spot now, though. I love drinking there their kava and, and writing. I think kava is good, like, it's good, like, juice fuel. for writing. It's fuel. It's fuel for writing, man. It gets me in the zone. I don't know. That's just how it works for me. 
it's like my liquid Adderall that's you don't need a prescription for. Oh. I don't know. We I derailed your uh, your explanation. How is your costume coming along? I'm I, I I found the glasses and I think I have all the white clothing and I need the cane. That's all I'm missing is a cane to pretend uh, to be a blind okay. mouse. So wait, you just ha- you just have all you have is just like white shirt, white pants and a cane and that's making and you a pink mouse. shoes and, and maybe that, mice ears. Okay, so you got to put mice ears on there. Man. Yeah, I got to put mice ears. I've got my Sears. Um, I think they actually arrived today. I have to go check. Um, I ordered a bunch of stuff there. on Amazon, and it told me it was going to come on time, and then it it won't. Oh, well, there's always tomorrow. But, yeah, I've got the mouse ears. I've got some actually pastel pink shoes that look like little mouse feet already. So oh, my God. You've got prepared. those. Um, I have a friend who might be able to get me a some glasses, and then... I too was tripped up on the cane because I didn't want to buy and use an actual cane for the blinds. And I also was worried about if they would let this, if they would let those kind of things into a club, if you're not actually, a you cane. know, blind, cause it, it could be like a weapon or something. So I yeah, got an I inflatable candy cane an inflatable and I'm going cane. to paint it white because the mice have sort of fantasy old fashioned curved canes yeah. with little tips of it. So it's kind of a fantasy version of a of a walking um cane. And so I thought a candy cane's close enough. It also would be a little more whimsical and not quite as on the nose of me trying to replicate a blind a, a cane for the blind. So very willy no, I like it. I like the idea. Wonky. It's also like we're close to Christmas, so I feel like it, you yeah. could you could argue. And if I lose an inflatable cane in the crowd, it's funny as opposed to no, there goes my forty dollar cane <laughs> right, yeah, that I bought <laughs> at the medical supply store. Yeah, yeah, it's not a huge loss. No, and like I can always pocket cane. it and un- uninflate it if it's not working for me. Deflate, or if it's too controversial. Oh yeah, that is a word, isn't it? Yeah. Deflate, <laughs> <laughs> deflate that cane. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm hopeful for it. I just got to paint it now. But okay, so. I was thinking we could kind of maybe touch on one of the one of the Reedsy prompts for for today, if that would be cool with y'all. Sure. I uh, we What's were looking the, at those today. It is theme. Jordan. Do you want to read the Reedsy prompt for today? Yes, I would be happy to. So for this week, the Reedsy prompt theme is evolution. On November twenty fifth, nineteen fifty nine, Charles Darwin published his groundbreaking book on the origin of species. The idea of evolution was controversial. To claim that the world wasn't unchanged and had not always been the same chafed against human ideals of perfection. But as we know, nothing in life is truly static. In the spirit of this anniversary, I guess this is the anniversary of the theory of evolution, this week we want to explore evolution and a new discoveries because sometimes change can be terrifying, but it can also be freeing. And then these are going to be the five prompts. Prompt number one. Write a story where someone says everything is changing. Okay. Pantare. 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 In Ital- Italian. That no, means. it's that's Greek. How do you say everything is changing in Italian? Tutto sco- Well, pantare is like a philosophical concept from the Greeks, but um, it does translate to everything changing or everything moves. Uh, oh, okay. In Italian, would be tutto scorre. Which is like, yeah, which is like everything moves like a river. A river would scorre. Like that's oh, you, okay. you never step in the same river twice. Yeah, that mm-hmm. concept. It's not the same river and you're not Everything the same flows from Heraclitus. I just looked it up. Oh, okay. okay. One of the first philosophers I studied in. Heraclitus. Mm-hmm. 
Is that miraculous? That reminds me of Heracles. Are those similar or no? There's a lot of names that were like Hera and Greek. Is it like Hero or something? No, it's 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 just a root of a name like Heracles or Hercules. They're all you know they all start like that. I think it's from Hera, the goddess. Hera, the the, goddess, uh, yeah, wife of Zeus. Names are really similar back then. I feel okay. And so the second one, yeah. Jordan, what's the Prompt number one? two, write about two old friends meeting for the first time in years. Mm-hmm. Prompt number three, write a story about someone coming to terms with how different they are from their younger self. That's a common trope. Okay. Yeah. Prompt number four, write about someone whose desire to constantly improve something, improve something, borders on obsessive. And then prompt okay. number five, Write a story about a brilliant scientist making a startling discovery. I really enjoy that last prompt, but I, that's something that I've actually done a lot in my own personal writing. What, making startling discoveries? Uh, my weak spot is for sci-fi. I'm a sucker for anything sci-fi yeah. or futuristic technology related, so I've done a number of short stories and prompts where someone finds something strange and futuristic they're like hold on people need to know about this or this is like this could be a disaster or something like that like finding out an asteroid is going to hit earth and like no one knows it but you gotta tell everyone yeah like have you ever seen that netflix show don't look up i enjoyed that movie it was actually yeah it was pretty pretty funny yeah you liked it i did actually yeah i liked it it felt like reliving COVID. It was, yeah. No, it's like they're it basically, really, basically um, it makes like everyone look like really dumb. And like basically, it, but like they're like the only ones who know. It's an acknowledgement to like the anti-science movements that have been going on recently. Yeah, by the way, this we don't want to make this podcast tr- like controversial for everyone, for anyone who doesn't believe in evolution. It's not... I mean, it's, it's, it's just anti-science it's just, science yeah. begs for evolution. And like they will, you know, scientists would believe Things in that change. and some people don't science is a God in of itself. Science <laughs> is a God. Um, there are, I mean, you can't understand how all physics works. So there will be some faith involved if you believe oh, yeah. how and physics works. Are we gods? Mm-hmm. Evolution is a theory. Like it, it's called a theory, not a, the fact not of evolution. Fact. Yeah. So it still isn't a fact. You have to believe some things that you can't understand. Your life is full of black boxes and science is uh, full of black boxes itself. I don't know how um, many medicines work, but I will still pop still an ibuprofen if I have a really I'll bad headache. So. It works. It works somehow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, but it was a good, it was a funny movie. It was the right kind of satire where I was a little bit sad because it was a little too accurate and I saw yeah. a lot of things that I recognized in my personal experiences in the last few years. Oh, yeah. um, but it was also pretty funny as well. So it wasn't just like a depressing allegory. It was it was comedy mixed in with, yeah, this probably actually would happen this way if a giant meteorite came to hit Earth. Yeah, because that's what they do. They discover like a giant meteor and like no one else really. And th- they discover it first. Yes. And that's not a spoiler. That's in the first like 10 minutes of the film. And it's yeah. pretty prominent in the trailers. It's the meteor is coming and they're trying to convince everyone. So, OK, yeah, it's. I feel like it's worth a watch. It's it's not a perfect movie by any means, but it's it's a good way to pass a night. I would say right now I'd put a tie between the last one is about you said the last one is finding a like a scary discovery, right? Yes, startling. And then the first one is starting with everything is changing. I like I kind of like both of those. That's a hard one because like with everything is changing, you could also tie that in with like some sort of catastrophe that someone 
someone discovers. I don't know. Everything is changing kind of reminded me of um, The Watchmen, but... That does remind me of no, The Watchmen because everything is changing in The Watchmen. It's yeah. like we're no longer heroes. We're like... And it, the, the movie does start with the, the Bob Dylan... Yeah, Bob Dylan's song, The Times Are Changing, which is, you know, the sentence, so... I like that movie so much. I do like Watchmen. that movie. It's a very <laughs> long a movie. movie. Yeah. Because that's what, DC? I don't know. Watchmen... Watchmen is his own thing. It's it neither DC or Marvel. Watchmen kind of, Watchmen kind of like I don't know, freaked me out. I'm not used to seeing like people like want to destroy superheroes and stuff, and superheroes just be like, oh, fuck it, we're gonna do bad stuff now. Oh, don't watch the boys. <laughs> the boys, the boys, the boys, the boys is a boys. much worse interpretation so of bad. heroes what? going bad. Yeah. What? It's an Amazon show. Oh, you okay on Amazon no, Prime? I don't watch things. <laughs> I like. I, yeah, it's true. I, I I just like I read, I write, then I work. If you take Watchmen and you just instead of the superheroes being very flawed and egotistical, if you make them literally sociopathic or psychopathic, and then they just have no consequences in life, that's that's the boys. That's are there any like superheroes <laughs> that I like? Are they like DC? Are they Marvel? Oh, they? it's his own brand. It's his own, it's brand, own brand, but you'll see parallels between certain superheroes. So I'm not going to see like the Green Lantern or something. No, there's no one named after an actual super, a superhero from DC or Marvel that you would know, but you see a superhero flying with a cape and a blue suit, and you're like, oh, this guy is probably akin to Superman. Okay. I'm okay. This is an interesting spot for just a short segue I want to make. Let's make it. Comic writing was, used to be, and still is, extremely exploratory, open. They want to explore. Like someone says, what if Superman was evil? And then they make a whole story arc and they bring all the other superheroes oh, yeah. in. And they will, I don't want to say they beat the horse to death, but they make sure they explore all possible avenues for all how that story stuff. links in. They're building a universe. Yeah. And then you get to these movies, which are all about money. And yeah. they want to protect these carefully crafted heroes. And they're like, no, if this isn't going the direction we want it to go, we're not going to write this alternative movie where right. these are evil. Um, what they did, they have been doing some things because they realize that comic book fans do enjoy those what ifs. I mean, Marvel literally made a what if Show. TV series yeah. based comics, off of evil, a lot of yeah. zombie or people going evil. Well, and yeah, because you're right. Like there is a Marvel zombie series where all the heroes and almost all the world just turns into zombies. So you have like a zombie Iron Man and zombie what? Captain America. Yeah, it's like a series of comic comics. books from Marvel. Yeah, and it's official. about comics, like they can go crazy, like not the same way. But they're all self-contained. Like that doesn't mean that the following comic, like somehow Iron Man comes back from being a zombie and remembers. No, it just starts over. Like there's no, in one of the comics in DC, Doomsday just kills everyone. Yeah. Like in the comic book from the 90s, Doomsday just shows up on Earth and literally murders every superhero. Jeez. It's a lot like jazz comics. There's a lot of riffing and someone will just go off and do their own thing and then they come back into line with the general flow yeah. of the music. A lot of improv. Yes. A lot of improv. There. And a lot of great writing because the writers aren't being told, no, you can't do that. They're like, well, if it goes wrong, we'll just bring it back in a few issues. Yeah, like, <laughs> you do, you like, that, like do you ever see that doing with your own writing? Like, just like doing that, like, jazz improv y kind of thing where it's like, I want to do something weird. Like, I want to yeah. now, like, I experienced go, that. Like, go off, maybe not totally off the deep end, but like, we're going to go in this direction now. Jazz like, is I wanna, great. For I, I want to explore this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's weird because it could end up being like really weird. Like, you know, or, like. But weird isn't bad. Weird is just different. 
right? So that it could be true. really good. And then you just have to change the character's name, a little bit of the backstory. And suddenly you have a whole different storyline with a whole different protagonist that you could use and develop in a different way. And essentially you have a whole new universe then, kind of like what we were talking about with the comics. So that's actually not a bad... I actually like that idea a lot because that's like ways you could start a new universe, basically. So you could take like the characters that you have now. You could basically change their names, change them a little bit, but give them the same powers and stuff, but then make them like really evil or make them they have this quirky thing about them. They're a zombie, for example. Mm -hmm. But then like you can start like a whole new universe basically yeah and i feel like that's what the boys kind of is like there's is a few like a really good show should I be it's a very this? popular show right now it's on amazon prime you can watch amazon. it at home yeah. okay i think oh yeah because we're, we're roommates me and me and georgia are roommates so i think we're yeah i'll give it a shot if it's that good it's pretty nihilistic so if you like dark stuff you'll love it watch like a couple episodes and you'll know immediately what it's about because i tried like i don't know i don't like i'm scared of like i have this fear of like watching like a TV show and then like not liking it, and oh. then like I did that with Lord of the, with the Lord of the Rings TV show. Like, oh, I was you like, didn't oh, like it? I didn't like it. How man. far did you get? Like episode episode like point seven. I got seventy percent through episode one, and I'm like, this is pretty odd. Okay, well you're yeah. a huge Lord of the Rings. I'm a huge fan, Lord of the so Rings. I'm like, I'm like, I just don't know how to take this, man. Okay, that's I'm fair not trying to shit on the to shit on. I the haven't finished it. it. I, I've seen parts. I haven't seen the whole thing. I haven't seen any full episode. I've just seen probably two hours across multiple episodes. I've seen most of it, but I haven't finished. I'm like two episodes behind the ending. I I do enjoy a good Lord of the Rings. I love Lord of the Rings. I like Lord of the Rings, yeah. but there was like th these weird romances, like not Hobbit romance, just like odd romances. And I was like, they, and I think with this, and this is an example this Lord of the Rings is an example of them taking characters, slightly changing their names, and going in, I think, weird directions. I, th well, I think. All the names are pertinent, sort of. Some did, of them. Did they pull them all from the actual lore? Because I recognized yeah. a lot of consistent characters in the show when I did yeah. see them. The thing is, like, and I haven't finished the season, so I'm not sure, and I don't want to spoil anything or anything mm -hmm. like that, but yeah. they did take a lot of names from the original lore that are not supposed to be there right now. Oh, this is from the Silmarillion, correct? Well, yes. You can spoil it for me. I don't know if I'm going to. Well, it's it's just like, it's... Uh, Timelines are off? It, yeah. Okay. It, like, this happens like thousands and thousands of years before the Lord of the Rings actually yes, happens. Yes. And you hear about and see characters that are like, these not supposed to be around yet. They compressed a few storylines. I, I did wonder if i was like i thought that this location was like not here when right. these characters were coming yeah <laughs> exactly it's like kind of stuff like that leaving it vague on purpose but kind of stuff like that it's like you're you're too young either he's too young or he's too old or okay. they're not supposed to be even around with each other so the names weren't made up and they were from the lore yeah like, oh, oh yeah so i just don't know okay. if it's the same character like maybe someone's like Blah blah blah. The first, and then the one I know is the fifth. Someone who's different. Yeah. Okay, okay. No, I saw Lord of the Rings. This was an example of them sort of being like, "Hey, let's take this direction and like see what could happen with something a little different." But you know, sometimes it can turn good. Sometimes depends how you view it. But. What What gets me is the fact that the Lord of the Rings, the movies, got their success for 
trying their hardest not to deviate from the actual that's story. Yes. And that's, they're and that's so why. thinking long, but they're epics. It's so epic, man. But that's why they're so successful. Exactly. Like the, the fan base is still, I still watch all of the Lord of the Rings once a year around yeah. Christmas time. And yeah. I spend like 13 and a half hours of my year watching these movies again, even though I know that good. I know when when Vigo Mortensen breaks his toe. Yeah. I know when he goes fishing. I know all the little all the little background I know when information. Smeagol finds the ring. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, beats <laughs> up his friend or kills his. I don't know. Yeah, he kills his buddy. His for the brother. Ring yeah, this is like his his best his friend. Brother. Apparently, I think it was his best friend. It's his brother. It's his brother. He goes fishing with his brother on his, his brother. birthday. Okay, he just calls him my love all the time. So I was like, maybe they're just friends. No, they're, they're, it's Smeagol yeah. and Deagle. Smeagol and Deagle. That's what and was, Deagle yeah. falls in the river and finds the Because ring. that's, the, I think the way Peter Jackson did it, that's not an example of someone deviating a lot. He stuck pretty hard to the, to the, to he the changed. Book. He got it like 90% right. He 90%, changed what he needed to. Which is high. Yeah. He changed what he needed to to make it, so it to make it a movie. So it could be a movie. Because, I mean, the books have, like, a song every chapter. You can't do that in a movie well, without like Gandalf making it does, Like, it doesn't make Gandalf fly, for example. Like, well... No, but I don't think Gandalf flies falls. in the books. No, no, I'm saying, like, he doesn't, like, go, deviate from the books. Like, right. getting anyone weird powers or something like that. No, no, but. he doesn't. Okay. So we've covered comics and Lord of the Rings. We just need to talk about Star Trek, and we can rebrand as, like, then a we nerd can, Yeah, exactly. We really Star can. Wars, Star Trek. <laughs> Star Trek, Star Wars, Star Trek. Yeah, those, are perfect, like those are perfect Firefly, and, mm-hmm. like, we can go... Oh, I love this <laughs> Firefly. So we're going to sci-fi. We're going yeah. to be talking about this all day. The we will. We need to move on. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay. okay. So we decided to go with the first prompt, right? The first prompt. Everything is Pantare. changing. Everything changes. So here's who the, says Pantare. Pantare. That's the prompt. Someone pantare. says pan. So someone says everything changes. I'm <laughs> so, sorry. Okay, I was gonna say like I don't know who speaks in Greek. Or yeah. we could just start it. Um, someone says Pantare. Pantare. Staring at the sky. What do they see changing? What has been the straw that broke the camel's back? And they're just like, wow, everything's changing. Nothing is the same as it was. Well, so, if someone is surprised by a change in the sky. I would, if you want to make it a big change, you would yeah. make it stars. stars. Stars are changing. If the star pattern is changing, something's bad. Something's really and wrong. And that's the problem. The stars are actually disappearing. The Aww. stars are disappearing from the sky. They're, this is very, very far into the future. It is a new industrial, almost post-apocalyptic type world. And we, what's, we keep landing on these worlds. These po- <laughs> this post-apocalyptic type world. But it's it's Earth. It's Earth. And what's happening is that there was a terrible cataclysmic event, a man-made cataclysmic event. And what happened is the sky was blotted out permanently. And this character, his name is Adolfo. He is seeing the last, he's seeing the last of the stars disappear from the sky. So are the stars covered by clouds? It's being, yeah, like a, a, a sort of, a sort of grayish, grayish, darkish, cloudy haze. We will destroy the sky. The a, a grayish. That? What was that from? Uh, the Animatrix. Ah. When the robots are rebelling, the humans decide to destroy the sky to deprive them of solar power. I haven't seen the full series of that, so I don't recognize that quote. That's actually kind of what happened. This was done intentionally. They Why essentially, would we destroy they the sky? essentially want to destroy the sky, and that's what was done. And so they basically blocked the whole sky from the sun's radiation, from the stars. Okay, so this was an attempt to cool down the earth. 
yes. because we were overheating too quickly. And so to do that, we had to reflect more sun rays to prevent further greenhouse gas, greenhouse effect from occurring. And by doing that, though, we, as usually do it, humans, we overdo things and the sky is permanently blotted out. And the character Adolfo mm. is actually a MIG uh, pilot. MIG is a yeah, uh, like a jet, like a jet, it means, like a it military means, jet. It means a moment in Russian, by the way. MIG means moment. Okay, oh, that's, that's a moment in Russian. Okay, and he is one of the pilots that was instructed to release the gas so that it covers the Earth. So he's one of the last people that get to see the night sky before it fell into oblivion. So we are witnessing the final flight of the, the final, final pilot who's yeah. blotting out the last of the sky. Yeah. And he's looking at the stars one last time while saying everything is changing. Yeah, everything is changing. Okay. Because basically what was happening is the world was, they thought at least the world was being destroyed by global warming. And it was. Like Greenland was melting. The ice caps, cities were being completely covered flooded. in water mm -hmm. and flooded. So what they thought is if they were able to take into their own hands and not freeze the temperatures, but sort of lower them artificially. They could save humanity from this catastrophe. What they did is they actually started their own catastrophe. And now the world is becoming very cold and people are taking advantage of this. Uh, some very evil people are taking advantage of this. Like a form of nuclear winter. It's like a nuclear winter, but without like a bomb nuclear. didn't go off. <laughs> without True. nuclear, A bomb Just didn't go off, Jordan. A bomb did not go off. Yeah. So Adolfo is in the sky right now mm -hmm. and he actually arranged for some extra fuel for this flight than he was supposed to have because he wanted to spend some more time above the canopy before being grounded for probably the rest of his life and many generations to come. Yes. Without seeing the stars. What's going through his mind? Is it past, present or future thoughts as he's looking at these stars I think and it's he's all seeing three. all the, the sooty... I'm not sure what this material is that they've peppered the atmosphere with, but it looks depressing and sad and like a finality to it. It's he knows he will of, not live yeah. a normal human life for the rest of his life. It's probably going to be like a light gray, almost whitish, because you don't want black, because black will absorb more heat. Yes. So you want something that reflects it. So it's going to be silvery. It's almost like he's on an yeah, ocean right it's now. It's almost like yeah. an ocean of clouds, like just multitude of clouds that you would have in that area and in, in the sky and the stratosphere or something. And basically, what he does is he's in this jet, in this in this MIG, whatever it is. And he's flying at incredibly high speed right like incredibly he's, high speeds. he's covering like let's say an entire county in the in in minutes yes of just a few minutes so he, he takes like maybe a couple hours to cross the united states from side to side oh yeah and there are legions of jets that have been able to do this like yeah, this he's was, one of many this mm -hmm. was this was basically an attempt by by the whole world like sort of like came together and they got all their aircraft together and MIGs, C-130s, whatever you have it, and they started spraying this chemical, this shroud, if you could call it that, to block the stars from the sky. And what happens is actually what they didn't know is that this barrier is actually unbreakable. Like it becomes so thick that planes cannot fly through it. It's so thick that the oxygen somehow is messed up with the engines when they try to fly through it and they actually cut off and so the last time the last time someone is able to see the stars is when this guy for a second goes above the canopy right before it closes up 
and he's gonna just look up for the last time. He'll be the last human to look at so, the stars. So this yeah. is a suicide mission, but they weren't told that. He. This is all secret. Well, the wave, secret. the radio can't go through the clouds. Yeah. So what they're doing is they're talking to each other like, I'm going down, I'm going to return. As one by one, they finish their routes. Yes. And he sees an explosion of one of his friends as they're supposed to be descending. Yeah. And as he hears everyone else dying, and he planned to be above the clouds longer, unofficially. So he refueled, yeah. And it's closing, it's slowly, happening. it's slowly closing up above him. And it's kind of like when a door is closing, right before it closes. He's you above go. the clouds, though, because they're yes. dropping it. He's above right yeah. now. They're all He's above the clouds. other people okay, disappear gotcha. into gotcha. going down. The government yeah. sent these people on a suicide mission yeah, without them knowing. Them. So it's like it's like and thousands. And he's, thousands as everyone else is like, all right, we're running around of fuel. Time for me to, to descend and make my final descent. They go down. He sees one of his I don't, cosmonaut, I don't know, friends. Yeah. <coughs> excuse me, uh, just explode in a fiery death storm, and he realizes that it was a suicide mission all along, and that while all his friends are running out of fuel, and all his other pilot mates are running out of fuel and slowly crashing into this sea of gray and silver, he's the only one that has enough fuel to just glide over the cloud for just enough time. So he is on a clock. He's got his last hour, and the last few realized what was happening. He's had the torture of listening to some people who he considered friends or just was aware of, be aware that they were about to die. They die, and he's left with his final hour of a flight. No communication, no radio, no one to talk to. It's him, the stars, and what he thinks about the current situation. He even, he even watches his girlfriend die. His girlfriend was a pilot, and they went to pilot school together, and they got to know each other. That's how they fell in love. And he actually saw her as she descend her plane cut out and she burst into a ball of flame at the uh, on the Earth's surface. But what's interesting about this guy is that he's always wanted to be a space, like a space astronaut. He wanted to go into space. So what he did, he was kind of like an engineering type of genius. So he would tinker around, unbeknownst to his superiors, he tinkered around with his MIG to make it able to just just barely be able to hit right above like certain parts of the atmosphere so we could actually for a few seconds make it into space and so this is the first time he's actually testing it out and so he's actually able to go high enough to just for a few moments go to a point where there's no gravity and he's floating for a little bit just a little bit and looking up at the stars for what seems to him be the last time so this was fortuitous in a way. He had planned to just have some time because he loves the stars so much. He yeah. wanted to be an astronaut. Obviously, that wasn't going to happen. They've completely... This is a future where all the satellites have created that impassable debris field. Yes. This yeah, wall style. Mm -hmm. yeah. So he, he knew that wouldn't happen. But just because he's a smart guy and he made some plans for this last trip, he realizes this is now or never. And he succeeds in getting up into space. And so... He's on his last bit of his fuel. We're approaching about five minutes of oxygen. The last of his fuel is just going to be slow drifting, and he's now going to probably suffocate instead of crashing in an explosion, but he, he doesn't even care. On, though. He yeah. does have oxygen on, though, so he's yeah, able but to be there. He will still a out, tank, yeah. so he's yeah. not going to be able to live off of this oxygen. No, his he knows his days are he's numbered. doomed. He, he's, he's living on borrowed time. Exactly. This is just his last... His last moments. So this is when he like expires his breath and says, well, everything's changing. And what else is he thinking about? What else does he bring to himself as his final minutes of life? 
he's thinking that it's very beautiful and that it's more than anything he had ever expected. And he can see the sky, the the, the sky, the the stars, the the emptiness of space. space. His plane is drifting at this point, a little rotation. So he can see, he sees his planet. He sees the stars. He sees earth. He sees the stars and he's just rotating. He can see it all because his plane's on a little bit of a spin. And he's also Mars. He can see Venus. He can see Mercury. And he's also an artist. And he can see the sun. And he's also an artist. And so what he would do on Earth is he would spend his free time, his days, whenever he could find it, drawing things in nature that he saw, like the sky, the stars, scenes from above him. And so what he does as he's sitting in this cockpit, knowing he's going to die, he was planning to do this anyway. When he didn't think he was going to die, he was going to go into space and draw what he saw. But now, since he knows he's about to die, he's floating in space and he takes out his sketchbook and he starts drawing. drawing Maybe it's not sees. his sketchbook because he wasn't allowed to bring a sketchbook. But okay, he, he does pull out. He pulls out the instruction manual that he has oh, on the okay. and a pen. Okay. And he yeah. finds corners of the pages where he can draw something and make notes of something. Make it something that he was there. Like a flight log. Moment. He like has like a flight, a flight log, log or something like that. And he's slowly, just very slowly with his oxygen mask on and his gloves and everything, he's drawing everything he sees. The sun, the stars, the the moon, the planets, everything he sees. And what he realizes on the mission up, he's been resentful of humanity because he's clearly a brilliant guy. He, he does all these mods, he draws, and he's like, how did humans get to this? Are we really this dumb and unsalvageable that we've had to, you know protect our planet this way and then as he gets up there he sees the stars and he remembers his aspiration like of course we wanted to go out here of course this was inevitable we want to explore and then he rotates around he's like we had such a good thing here too and then he just realizes that duality of man it becomes very we we desire safety and then we also just crave the unknown and what was beyond and he just feels a peace even though he's totally alone been abandoned by his fellow man it's like he, for the first time in his life, mm. since this is far in the future and things have been going on, he's like, I now understand how we got here. He understands humanity. And he believes maybe humans can still even come out of this. And even though this is a dark period, like he's like, if I could do all this, there will be others like me. That maybe, maybe this is the end for him, but not for everybody else. And so then finally what he says is, what does he say? I think the last thing he does is sing. Mm. I think the last thing he does, being a creative guy, being a guy, uh, 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 melodr- a little bit more dramatic and a little uh, homesick because he knows that these are his final moments. He just wants to be as human as he possibly can be. And I think that what that meant to him was to feel the most power, just feel as many emotions as he could, whether that be longing or love or sadness or fear. And I think that to summon those emotions of bittersweetness and happiness, even though he's in the situation, he wants to sing one of his most favorite songs, which could be many. He is. <laughs> no, uh, we, favorite, we established his, that favorite, his favorite song. Actually, um, it's it has a like a lot. It has world. a lot of words to it, but one of the phrases in the song is "everything is changing" in Greek. Yes, and he's Greek, so he's singing this in Greek. Bonsare. And his last line he's going, is Banzare. Pantare. Pantare. And that's his last, he just, he's not quite gone. He knows he's on his last second. He's passing out. He finishes singing it, and he just. 
He listens to the silence. He doesn't have any more oxygen. And he's gone. He just has the few moments. And that's how it ends. But he's hopeful. He but dies he's hopeful. with some first time in his life, a little bit of hope in his heart. For the very first time in his life. So it's it's almost like a happy for ending. Humanity, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's a happy ending for him, even yeah. though it's tragic in itself. Mm-hmm. Happy but tragic. That's like another thing. Like I like those happy but tragic endings because it's like a little negative, but it gives like hope at the end. We death people comes like for us hopeful, all and people like hopeful endings well we can only hope that it we might die not. with a little bit of hope in our heart yeah, yeah that's that's true but actually it uh, oh you're gonna be the first person to not die not that, please no, tell yeah, this story I'm gonna, live, I'm gonna live forever <laughs> join I, I figure it out guys <laughs> George goes, I'm gonna live forever <laughs> like, uh, gonna eat for five dollars you too yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly send two dollars to happy dude at no yeah. I'm joking um uh, no, I was talking about this with my sister, uh, how, you know, uh, our, our, our work life is just eating away to our free time and how we should focus more on free time and how life is limited and all that. But then I actually read an article and I was talking about it with her about this article that there is a legitimate group of scientists, more than one focused on reverse aging and just delaying the inevitable as much as possible, if not completely reversing it. That's horrifying. And a that, lot that, of, that is a terrifying. You know, like, who's dude, pull. that is a good topic for a story. Yes. Man. As soon that as, is a good as soon as there's a discovery, actually, a discovery, man, it goes back with this. It's topic. a discovery. It's a yeah. Discovery. As soon as there's enough evidence, you know, that these billionaires that are afraid of dying are going to start pouring uh-huh. money into Jeff it. And Bezos so it's just gonna, is going to be yeah, all Bezos over that. Elon Musk are going to be all over that. It will not be the worthy who are chosen to so, live forever. No, 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 no. <laughs> He's going to forget all about space and he's going to be like, I'm going to live forever. I'm going to be the king of Mars and <laughs> all communications will be done through Twitter. Well, yeah. okay. So, uh, that aside, but yeah, there's like this they legitimate thing everybody. and they seem to be onto something and like, you know, a lot of white papers are always promising in the beginning. I was going to say a bunch of white people are going to be. No, the white papers. <laughs> like, uh, like the jellyfish. But yeah, jellyfish is one of them. Yeah, the lobster is another one. So all these, they're, they're gathering all this information and enzymes from all these animals and trying to see how it can fit yeah. together for humans and you're starting to do some testing on animals as well for like, like rats, like more mammalish animals. And it's, it's, me and my sister had a very different reaction because she was like, that's bad because life seems already so long. That no. I yeah. can't imagine expanding <laughs> well, like, it longer. We were talking about this. It's like, do you get to like be 80 and then stay 80 for a hundred years? Right. Or so are you like 30? And the, then they you stay say 30 for like if, if these, assuming these scientists are correct, which is a big if, they're going to, they're going to, millennials will be the last, the first generation to not die, which means that we're also going to be the, oldest generation for the rest of time yeah i don't i don't <laughs> want to sorry boomers sorry <laughs> Gen X. I mean, boomer, the, the boomers but, want that more than anyone but, I think, yeah, well because they're because they're in that moment right yeah. they're over the hill but yeah. to think about being like to your words james to think about being 80 forever sounds horrible yeah <laughs> yeah I mean, you're just you can com- keep that bro constantly plighted by life yeah there's sci-fi that it. explores that um uh, old man's war i believe it was where they send off these geriatric citizens and they're it's like geriatric. there's this war going on and you guys are close to dying anyways so we're going to send you off and they're like what are they going to do and then they they're like okay just kidding you get brand new young bodies and you're gonna we're not sending you to fight at like 90 years old you're going to be more fit than any regular 20 year old human on earth and these Older people are suddenly in the bodies of prime of their life, 25, 30 year olds. And they're like, oh, by the way, 
go have fun. It's just the emotions of like them like, I oh, cool. Like I can have them, so much sex right now. Dude, I feel like one <laughs> would engage in so much debauchery. It was. Yeah, they're like, they give them some matters. of that time. Yeah. And then they're like, well, wait, we have these new lives and we're going to fight this war. And they're like, who are we fighting for? The youth back there? What do we do with our new lives? It's yeah. It's been a long time since I read it, but it was a pretty good philosophical book on the implications of reverse aging. I, 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 yeah. And actually, I forget where this was, but I think it was something similar where an old person was basically thrown into a young man's body and how I've seen that before. I've seen that, that pops up several times. How upsetting that was to them because it was so alien. They were they lived such a long life. Like we are not meant to be young again. We only operate by getting older and suddenly you're young again. It was driving them insane in a certain way. And that's some of them like you say, went to debauchery and just completely started doing heavy drugs because there's no risk. Suddenly you can just go back into another body. So there's no, absolutely no risk. So it just promotes some people went oh, that way. There's a, movie to, like, um, there's a movie like that with you, Bruce Willis, by the way. No, it was a TV series too. It was, uh, it was about I, carbon. Uh, no, carbon, um, carbon, uh, carbon copy or uh, uh, Westworld. No, nope. Westworld. No, Westworld. Westworld similar, also has a similar concept. Altered Carbon. Altered Carbon. Altered that was carbon. the one. Yeah, I think that was yeah. the That's one because they just they keep memories in like digital, and and they just go That's into another new, way to and live you forever. lose your body if you're a criminal. They're like, yeah, we don't like trust your brain in society, so they just plug you into this database and virtually make you live out your prison sentence and give your perfectly good body to the rich right people what? that pay for so it. So like I'm like in like OJ like I'm in like OJ Simpson's body is what you're Let's saying. Let's say like, you're you're poor or you do like a bad crime and they're yeah. like, okay, two hundred years prison for you and they and pull they you just out put you in a server for two hundred years and then someone else gets to use your body and what when you get out for the two hundred years. They give you a new body from some other poor sap that they're plugging in. Well that's, uh, that's and the prison yeah that's the whole it's yeah. dystopian. Everything but is always dystopian. dystopian. Yeah dystopian which is actually we don't have hope for humanity. Dystopian is no hope. And, and they were kind of trying to figure out, one of the reasons why the scientists were pushing for this research, one of the reasons behind one of the scientists he was talking about, it, he was like, well, we're gonna need this. And the reason he was saying it is because our birth rates are falling cataclysmically across, across, excuse me, across the world. And our entire economic system, no matter if you're a capitalist or a communist country, depends on the fact that new people come up and they pay for old people. Mm. And because no new people are coming, or at least fewer than we expected and fewer than what we need, we just need to make old people live longer. That's the only way that we can support the can system. Can we just incentivize like I feel like yeah, birth? yeah. I feel like you're we'll pay you one hundred to five hundred thousand dollars. I feel like the second option is a lot more efficient <laughs> some, and less research required. Less and research some scientists, required. one of the scientists that was also working on this, said, "Well, one of the counter arguments is why don't we just have more kids?" And they were trying to figure out why aren't people having more kids? And we all know the reasons why humans are not having as many kids, economic struggle. Mm -hmm. You don't need as many people on the farm as you used to. So you don't have 12 children in the hopes that four survive. You just have one because sending them to college is expensive and raising them is expensive and all that. But they're also thinking maybe just people don't have enough sex. So what's an animal that we can think of that always struggled with this? Panda bears. Oh, panda bears, panda bears are famously had famous a lot of issues in the past 30 years because they just weren't 
having sex. They would get them together and they would just hang around and do nothing all day except eat for bamboo. eat, eat bamboo. And you're like, why are these bears not fucking? They're <laughs> so it? confused. Do well, it. it turns out an unexpected experiment happened during COVID. During COVID, all the zoos were closed, which means that all the panda bears were left the fuck alone. And guess what? They ah, fucked a lot. That's crazy. <laughs> they had sex. And they so, just didn't like all the voyeurs, they, all the humans people, watching were, all the time. Because panda bears are such a, you know, uh, important Sensitive, animal maybe. and everyone wants to go see them. And there's only so few of them, and especially in like Chinese and American mm-hmm. zoos. We just flock to their cages that they're overwhelmed and we don't have the same animals that we can cycle them out and in. And suddenly all these bears just had more free time around together and they started having more babies. It's wild to me that no scientist thought at any point, what if we give them a little bit privacy. of privacy? Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> so, I mean, like, you would want to do that if you were watched by, imagine if humans were, Owned by panda bears, and like they just like watched We're us all the time. You're like about to go. You're like, you turn the security camera. You guys aren't watching. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you hear the inner comments in the background. You just like hear giggling. It's like he's gonna sleep with his girlfriend. Uh, he's gonna sleep with his girl. It's like no. That's no. He's I'm having trouble dude. tonight huh? again. Yeah, yeah, again, <laughs> again. Get, give me that piece of pizza. Give me that. It's like it's like, like pass the pass the cider. Let's right. Watch he this guy. This food. Be more panda bamboo. That was, this is so obvious. I can't believe brilliant minds didn't come up with that. Well, Some I think it's also just like money. money. It yeah, is money. you know, yeah. like it's money. The business wants the panda bear to be as, mm-hmm. as you know, up in up front as much as possible, yeah. so people go see it. Well, good for the panda bears. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, that, that's, that's a they positive. had their little panda orgies. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm proud of them. That's a little positive thing you can bring back. From yeah. the so all today. we need to solve the human birth crisis is infinite amount of food, comfortable living. Absolutely no stress and no one watching you. No surveillance. Yeah, left alone. You hear that, FBI agent? Too much, yeah. <laughs> Stop watching me yeah. for a little CIA. bit. All right, guys. Well, on that note, I think we have reached the end yeah. of our of our I podcast. Think we did it. So, until two weeks from now, my name is James. My name is Jordan. And I'm Georgia. And this is the Jaja Geo Podcast. See you next time. <laughs>